Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the M&M Hockey Podcast. Chase and I took a week off last week because there wasn't much to talk about. Uh, we're back this week, and before we get into the playoffs, we're kind of in the last stretch of the 10 games here, and it's it's pretty getting close to obvious which teams are out and which teams are in. There's, with the exception of two teams, I think, that are on the outside, and technically one or two more maybe, but... Um, so we figured instead of looking at the playoffs, we'll do a playoff preview next week and or in two weeks probably, and maybe something even next week on it. We figured we'd take a look at the eliminated teams so far, or the teams that are definitely not going to make the playoffs, and just kind of run through what uh, it's going to take to fix them going forward, what they should expect next year, and what they should be trying to do in the offseason, things like that. Um, so we'll just go from the bottom of the standings, I guess, here. So that leaves us with the Ottawa Senators. Um, obviously the off season, you'd say get a high draft pick for a lot of these guys, obviously not a thing. They were the first team eliminated from playoff contention last week. How, how do you fix this team? I've act, I've genuinely wondered about this. I'm not sure, but they seem like the perfect, like money puck team. As in like, you should. They could that, take advantage yes. of that. Yeah. Or like needs to, not even could any team could, but not that. I think it's particularly likely, but they seem like you could craft like the perfect narrative around them for being the team that realized they had to do something different. Yeah, until you realize their GM just said that Mark Borwecki's a good defenseman the other day, even despite what the analytics say, quote-unquote. That's tough. So, um, like, I think a lot of people say the simplest way to fix this team uh, long-term is getting a new owner. And as weird as that sounds, I mean, it's not like the fans can do that, but... That's probably what it's going to take. Well, yeah, that's the worst thing because, like, what – like, there's nothing you can do there. No, I think they will be a fun team to watch next year with all the young guys they'll probably have on it, but I don't think they'll be a necessarily good team. And in – if your terms are rebuilding, that's fine. But – Yeah, if anything, it's in their best interest to suck again. Yeah, and I think think they definitely will suck again next year. The the problem just becomes, uh, like, how how many times are we going to redo this thing, you know? Like – where your legitimate stars get to age 25 to 27 or 28 and you just let them walk. And leave. and I don't mean just like your second liners. The, the, like, you know, sometimes having a cheap owner might help in that case. So you don't extend those guys. But no, it's franchise players like Eric Carlson, Mark Stone. Like, I mean. How old was Spezza when they traded him? 28, 27. He wanted just out because he didn't want to stay. I mean, I don't know if they weren't going to pay him, but. Yeah, like it's so it, that's the problem going forward. Obviously, it's okay. Are we just going to do the same thing in five or six years when we get like, all excited for these guys? Like, is when you give Thomas Shabbat his bridge deal, are you not going to screw say screw off or not paying you in four or five years as well? Like, um, yeah, I don't, like I guess for the sh- the short term, if we want to just ex- exclude ownership, bring up some of the young guys next year, let them play. Logan Brown and Drake Batherson have both looked real good in the uh, AHL. So hopefully after a playoff run, they can come up and actually put some tangible results up in the NHL. Uh, give guys like Christian Willan in big minutes. Let him develop. Don't sign Cody CC to a stupid <laughs> contract unless you're just... If they give Cody CC a one-year deal at like a crazy amount of money to hit the floor, whatever, don't give him term. Nothing term. Yeah, no, not a chance for Cody CC term. If you, like, so Ottawa, I don't really want to talk about the ownership as their problem, because it obviously is one, but 
neither you or I can tell anyone how to fix that. But like, so the ownership isn't going to allow them to spend a ton of money, I think is a fair assumption. To me, if you are going to spend a ton of money, it's got to be to like take back a bad contract and get an asset, not to just dump it into Cody CC. Yeah, for sure. The problem, I think it's a great idea. And I've said it like more than once that they should do that. The problem is, if you go and look at the real bad contracts people want to give up, how many of those people have no move clauses? Oh, a ton of them do. And there's no way that most of those people are going to waive so they can go play with the Ottawa Senators of all teams. No, you'd have to find a very specific situation, like the Bickle one. Like the Mikel Bodker one. for. (laughs) (laughs) True. Oh, man. The other thing I will say, I've seen a lot of people say we should re-sign Anders Nielsen, and... I don't think that's the worst idea, but then they said to a three-year deal. I say, have we not, what's the definition of insanity? It's doing the same thing over again, expecting a different outcome. They re-signed Hammond to a three-year deal. Within a year, he's not in the NHL. Some of that's due to injuries. Some of that's they just didn't think he was good enough. They re-signed Mike Condon after a 40-game stint where he was average at best. This yeah, year, not does. he's hurt, and he's clearly not looking like an NHL goalie. He might not play again. Anders Nielsen has been good, but not great. Like he hasn't. It's not like he's been a Vesna caliber goaltender or anything like that. Like, I'm pretty sure he was around league average in uh, goal saved above average. But uh, yeah, he's a plus two point five in Ottawa and negative one point nine in Vancouver. So like, just the most forgettable. Fine. He's played 30 games with Ottawa. You can't get you. Sorry, you shouldn't give a contract off of that. Your name's not Peter Shirelli. Don't do it. Because that's why I, I was like, since when does a 30-game th- sample get you a three-year deal? And then I got four people saying, well, Edmonton did it. If Edmonton's doing <laughs> it, you probably don't want to do it. Yeah, if Peter Shirelli's your uh, precedence for the move, that's generally a sign you should avoid it. I, I just, yeah, like... Going forward next year, I don't think this team's going to be good, but at the very least, you just try and get your young guys to uh, get some reps in, you know, gain a little experience, and try and put out a fun team. I've really liked what I've seen out of Anthony Duclair since he's come over. Yeah, He's been one of their most exciting players, and I would like to see him on the team going forward as well. Yeah, and then just one other comment about the Sens. I've seen a lot of people be like, oh yeah, maybe they'll be sneaky good and sneaky fun, because there's a couple teams that have been just brutal and then went super fast and been good but i think mark stone's like on off splits were way too dramatic for me to think the sends are a prime candidate for that i just don't know what about this roster would make like fun maybe i could see them oh, I could see them every game oh yeah for next that's kind of what they do this year even still like that's what i mean i think they'll be a fun entertaining team to watch but i don't think they'll be good sneaky good is not a way no, i would well, like to describe them just look at that defense core i don't think it's getting better next year like ben harper might be playing second first or second pair minutes all well, year brandstrom on the top but I, I don't even like <laughs> i guess like shabbat brandstrom demello willannon is an okay top four if they use it like that but they for won't. a no I, I don't think they will and so Mark Bowecki will be back next year. Cody Cece might be back next year. Ben Harper might be back next year. Like, And then the goaltending, again. So even if you re-sign Anders Nielsen to a one-year deal, that's not a tandem that's going to get you into the playoffs. No. Like, Craig Anderson and Anders Nielsen, sorry, but they're not. Like, uh, I don't, unless they, Nielsen just does what he does all year, but I, I don't, I doubt that. I highly doubt that. Anderson's been terrible. Yeah, he's, he's done. Like, he's... 
And he's, what is he, 38, 37? 37. And he's got one more year on his deal. I think they should honestly keep him and just have a stealth tank with him. Yeah, just not a bad idea. Let him play out the last year of his deal. Say, okay, we're just going to do a little stealth tank here. Our goaltender's going to suck. And that might, kind of what the Leafs did, uh... Without like when they tanked for Matthews, they didn't have shooting talent. They didn't have goaltending because they traded Reimer and Bernier was down. They had Garrett Sparks playing for a yeah. couple games. Sparks played like ten games and was which shelled. By the way, when people are trying to say that Sparks isn't good, do <laughs> not use his twenty game uh, sample size from fifteen sixteen on that Leafs or fourteen fifteen or whatever it is to say he was bad. I saw that more than once this weekend. That game against Ottawa, I would be so much more worried that you got absolutely outworked by that horseshit of a team that Ottawa the Ottawa Senators iced. It didn't even have Thomas Shabbat on the ice. And I'm not, I didn't look at the advanced stats for that game, but I'm assuming Ottawa was probably favored in all of them because they watching the game, Ottawa dominated. I would be way more worried about that than your backup goalie letting in one softy and getting absolutely hung out to dry on four others. Yeah, that'd be so, much bigger concern for Anyway, sorry, that was off... T- uh, uh, Topic. Let's get to the next team, I guess. Uh, so they're not technically. There's only three teams technically eliminated right now because the West is so 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 bad. Did they just get eliminated for sure? Like nope. The, they're still in it technically, as, as according to ESPN, anyways. Los Angeles Kings. Um, they are second last in the league, but again, because the West is so bad, they are still just hanging on by a thread. Obviously, very safe to say they're not going to make it. I think Money Puck probably has them at zero zero percent. Yeah. Um, so zero point zero 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 one or whatever. What do you do to fix LA? Um, this team is horrific. I see if you can sell their big guns while you still can, and recoup assets. Yeah, like Jeff Carter. I'd see if someone will take. Yep, I think there was interest for him. He doesn't have a no move clause, so he'll like... be Kovalchuk. Sound like he wanted to move because he wants to win a cup. I think you could move Kovalchuk to the right location as well. Would someone take him? Boston wanted him, apparently. Actually? Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Because like, the guy's been like a fourth liner. Yeah, there's year. been interest in him, too. Like Alec Martinez, probably. Yeah. I would honestly go... I, I would be willing to go so scorched earth with this team, I'd try to sell Doughty, they Kopitar, right. and Quick. Yeah. Because, like, they just have nothing. And that's pretty much the only way I see you're getting an ass, like good assets back. Like no one's giving you a first round pick for what's left of Dion Phaneuf. No, I don't. I I would be shocked if you could move Phaneuf again. At all, yeah. I mean, I said that the past two times, but he's like, uh, yeah. I, Kyle Clifford, you move probably Trevor Lewis. Like, yeah, but you're not really getting anything even of substance. No, back there. but like, just get something, I guess. Get salary off your book and yeah, because this team's so old, so expensive, and for so long too. Like, they're the, well, Detroit's still Detroit because they're still bad, but they're like Detroit out west now, basically. Yeah. Their contracts aren't quite as bad as Detroit. No, but it's just the same idea where they have so much money locked in for... Yeah, like, they're still paying Dustin Brown and Jeff Carter until they're 38, and they're paying them a combined $11 million. I mean, yeah, like, I, I just rebuild for a while, I guess. I don't know, like, that's... The only real way to do it, right? Yeah, they're just going to be bad. Like, very, very bad. Get a lottery pick this year. Get another one hopefully next year. Probably get, like, three of them, to be honest. I don't see this team getting better anytime soon. We'll say Anze Kopitar and Jack Hughes down the middle could be. 
That would be good. That would be a lot of fun. But, so if you could get a good enough, like a decent return for Anze Kopitar, I would trade him. Yeah, like, probably. He's 31. That's what I mean. Like, he's not as good as he used to be. I think he got heart votes last year, but that was not the best year of his career, or even all that close to it. I'd, but you could probably find some team that still thinks they're getting heyday Kopitar. Yeah, for sure. I don't really have, like, I'm just looking down. I don't even know half the guys sometimes who play on this team. Yeah, Matt they're really Roy. Bad. Who on earth is Matt Roy? Sean Walker, Curtis McDermott, Johnny Brodzinski. <laughs> like, who are, like, I'm not just making these names up. These no, are actual no. people, apparently. Grunstrom's there. I yeah. think he scored a goal in his first game, which was good for him. I like, yeah, like just sell, I guess. I they have Rasmus Kupari, but other than that, they're pro and Kale Clegg, but they don't really have a stack prospect pool either. No. Like there's just not much there. Gabriel Velarde's okay. Oh yeah, he's good, but he might be done hockey. Right, I forgot he's got a real serious injury. Yeah. I think Aki Thomas is good too. Anderson Dolan's okay, but there's no, like, blue, like, there's not a ton of blue-chip guys that you really look and go, yeah. yeah like, there's no Eric Brandstrom where they're like, well, at least we have this guy still coming. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I don't have much more to say on L.A. Yeah, they're pretty bad. They are pretty bad. Let's go to the second team that was eliminated, the Detroit Red Wings. As you just said, L.A.'s new Detroit, but Detroit is still Detroit. You just got to stay the course here. Um, it's <laughs> You're just... You hurt yourself so badly. It it scares me even more because the GM who did all of this is still in charge. Yeah, and people love him. How do you not lose your job when you're still paying guys? Like, like just look at their cap friendly. It's so gross every time. And just, for the love of God, stop giving out no movement and no trade clauses. <laughs> Ablicator, five more years, or four more years, I guess, 4.25. Franz Nielsen, three at five. Darren Helm, two at four. Uh, Luke Glendening, two at two. Danny DeKaiser, three at five. Mike Green's got one more year. Like Okay, so this team is widely considered to have the worst decor in the league, right? I would say. Now that Buffalo's down. Yeah, I think so. Their top five paid defensemen all have no movement, no trade clauses. <laughs> well, That's like, ridiculous. How do you give Trevor Daly a no move clause or a no trade clause? I have no idea. Or Nicholas Cronwall, I guess, but still, and he's up this year at least. Yeah, like, and but I, that's the thing, like they have him and Thomas Vanek are the only two guys that are up. Yeah, same with so they did what I thought was a smart thing at first, and they signed Thomas Vanek, so then he you can play him and get a bunch of points and flip him at the deadline. But the game with no trade clause. Yeah, like what do they gain from having Thomas Vanek on their roster this year? What was the point of any of it? I I don't have an answer for you. I really don't. Uh... Yeah, their their piece. I mean, they had a pretty good draft last year. Yeah, that they did actually. So again, like I would just say, kind of stick to it. Let some of these bad like don't pay for to get these guys off your roster. Let them. No. Like in a couple of years, if you need the space, sure, see if a team will take a Justin Applicator or something like that, or hope you can use LTIR or something. Well, they already are with Zetterberg and Nielsen or Franza. Yeah, Zetterberg will be done next year though. Or Franzen will be, sorry. Yeah. The other way around. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, you, and, and, I mean, look at 2021. They have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 10 RFAs, 11, 12, 12 RFAs, and, like, three of them aren't real big names. Or a couple of them aren't big names. But you're going to have to pay those guys. Like, Andreas Anthonisiu, you're going to have to pay. Mantha, you're going to have to pay. Sure. Bertuzzi, you're probably going to have to pay. Guys like Jacob Della Rose, you probably won't. 
Christopher N. I don't even know who that is, but uh, Madison Bowie will probably want a little more than one million. Whether he deserves it, that's another story. But I doubt it. But st- still, like they need to find defensemen pretty badly too, and they need forwards. Like they just need it. They need better younger hockey players. Yeah, I mean, and just looking at some of their, you know, Joe Hicketts, um, uh, sorry, Jared McIsaac, they have guys who they probably want to start bringing up. But I would think so. As you said, you can't move the other guys. No, like, this, he's just so deadlocked. Like, Cronwell's done this year, right? He's, you can't, you're not bringing him back, right? <laughs> It'd be very Detroit to bring him back with a no-trade clause, but I wouldn't, I'd be surprised if he doesn't retire. I'd imagine he'd retire. And Philip Ronick's been okay, like, Apparently, I haven't watched him much, but apparently he's been decent. Uh, There's just, uh, yeah, like just stick the course, I guess. Uh, I mean, I'd say sell, but you can't really do that. No, like, people love value. Like, you're not selling Dylan Larkin. No. Or Mantha. No, like... Like, they basically have nothing that people would give up an asset for on their NHL team, and they should be willing to walk away from. They should have sold Jimmy Howard at this deadline. I don't care if there wasn't even a market for them. They might re-sign him. Yeah, like if they what got a... good does it do to re-sign Jimmy Howard? <laughs> like, if they got a sixth-round pick for him, it would still be better than the next 20 Either... games of Jimmy Howard. Yeah, and then re-signing him. Like, he's 34. He's still okay, but it's just... Your, your team's not going to be good when you need him to be good. No, not at all. <sighs> that team, I... It, even, it makes it even weirder for me that people suggest he that GM might go and take over Seattle or something like that. Oh. Imagine handling an expansion team to the guy who just gave all those scores. <laughs> he, yeah, like, I don't understand. I guess he obviously did build a great team or whatever, but, like, he's so obviously not who he was no, in the past. Yeah. So, okay, we've got to keep moving because we do have a bunch of teams. Uh, the third and final team who is officially eliminated as of recording... Uh, we're recording on Monday night before the games have really started, so there might be another team after. But uh, the New Jersey Devils, so the team that came back, made the playoffs last year, and then completely fell off. There's a couple reasons for this. I mean, Taylor Hall's been out since, I think, December, and when you're the reason you made playoffs last year is out since December, you're probably not going to make playoffs. And uh, goaltending has come down to earth as well. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, we could have saw that. Keith Kincaid played well down the stretch last year. Mackenzie Blackwood's now in for them, and I think he's been playing okay. From what I've heard, I... Yeah, he's been so, all right, I think. How? What do you do with this team? I mean, looking at them, they have a ton of guys on their roster right now. What is UFA G6? There's three... Group 6 UFA. There's three guys in Group 6 UFA on their roster. Their roster is hilarious right now. Their highest paid forward is Travis Zajac at 5.75. After him is Palmieri at 4.6, and then no one makes over $3 million. Only five players make over $1 million That's on it. the forward group. Well, that's unlike, they're the first team we talked about that isn't super locked into old, expensive dudes. No, their longest contract is Damian Severson at 4.1 for four more years. They also have one thing that rebuilding teams usually don't, and that's competent puck-moving defensemen, especially on the right side. Between Severson, well, Severson's the only one on the right side, but Severson and Butcher, plus they have Ty Smith coming up. Like, they have a lot. That is not horrible either. Yeah. Like, they actually have something to talk about on their defense core, which is pretty rare for bad teams. Yeah. You hope hope Blackwood's your goalie of the future, which is nice, too. 
I mean, you just kind of look to start building some forward depth and up then, front. Yeah, you should reasonably expect Hishie is your first line center for ten years or whatever. Yeah. Do you, okay. Do you re-sign Taylor Hall or do you trade him? Ideally, you re-sign him, but if he wants like fifteen million over eight years, or I don't know what his ask is going to be, right? Yeah, I think like if he wants an eight-year deal at twelve and a half million dollars, do you re-sign him? Probably not. I wouldn't think so. You should be able to get a killing for him at the deadline too. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it'd be. Artemi Panarin all over again. Yeah. Right? Like, Well, you should be able to replicate the stone trade. Like, you should get a Branstrom-level prospect plus picks on top of that. Yeah. The problem is when you take Taylor Hall, like, NHL teams won't look to the future. They'll think about now. And if you take, when you, I mean, you have seen what, this team's fourth last without Taylor Hall. Yep. And that was with him for half a year. So, I think that's, that'll be their worry. But yeah, you gotta get some, some forward help up front there. Um. Got guys like Miles, Miles Wood, Blake Coleman. Like, Blake Coleman's already 27, which seems Actually, wild. Yeah. Um, you know, they're fine players, but they're not play drivers necessarily. You need guys who can come up and drive the play. You need two or three more of those guys. Yeah, for sure. And even Hishay, like, his indo- individual impacts, I think, have been a lot stronger than people give him credit for. But there's still also pretty reasonable argument that you should be concerned about what's going to happen to him when Hall leaves. Or if Hall left. Yeah, for sure. You hope that he can kind of keep growing and see where he is. I forgot they retained on Marcus Johansson. Yeah, yeah that's I, only one more year, though, right? Oh yeah, it was just it's just for this year, I think. Yeah, like fixing the team. Let's just be patient. This is the easiest one to fix, in my opinion, of the four we've looked at oh, so for far. Sure. They're not locked into stupid money forever. They have all their picks and more. Like they have uh, three second rounders this year, two third rounders, and then. Their first. People talk about as this team as if they're like a hellhole. They've got pieces. They, just they need definitely to do. Be they patient. Yeah, and they just need to find a couple more high end pieces. Yeah, hitting on a second rounder who becomes like a good first liner it could be, be really crucial for this team. Yeah, but um, or yeah. maybe they keep Taylor Hall so they can win, keep winning the lottery. <laughs> yeah, I mean he is the good luck charm. Uh, moving on to Anaheim, this team is bad. They should probably be eliminated kind of soon, too, although they are much more ahead of L.A. than I thought. At the time recording, they're 11 points up on L.A. God, L.A.'s bad. Yeah, L.A. is horrible. This is another team that it's like, what do you do with this team? No one's going to take Corey Perry. No, not a chance. No one's going to take Ryan Kessler. Nope. The Henrique mm. contract's insane. Yeah, like, I doubt you'll find a team to take Henrique. Yeah, he's got a five-year... Almost $6 million contract kicking in next year, and he's already 29. I don't think Getzlav... I don't see why Getzlav would wave. No, I'd be surprised if he would. Getzlav's also one of the, one, the only one of the three big old players that I want to keep. Yeah, like, I'm, if I, I mean, could if, get assets for him, I would trade him. Yeah, that's fair. I wouldn't salary dump him, but I would trade him if someone would give me a legit return. That's fair. You probably could. People love Ryan Getzlaff. Yeah, it just depends if he wants to go, because he's got full no move. he got no move. You just signed Jacob Silverberg. You're probably not going to trade him. Maybe no. you trade Ricard Raquel. Raquel's, like, the only... <laughs> but he's 25. Like... Yeah. He's like the only piece that could actually be there by the time this is good again of their forwards who are actually paid real money. Yeah, like and on the defense, Cam Fowler, Hampus Lindholm, Josh Manson, like that's a fine defense score, but twenty seven, twenty five, twenty seven. The Cam Fowler contract's one I would look away to, look to walk away from. He's my modified no move. Fourteen trade list. Fourteen. <laughs> so pretty much don't send me to Ottawa. Ottawa, Edmonton. 
Oh, Andre Cache could be still there when there. Oh yeah, uh, actually, I do like him a lot. What do you, so? What do you do with this team? I know because pretty much when you look at what you're doing with uh, a lot of the teams near the bottom here, it's either sell everything you can, stay the course, or just try and find a way out of some contracts or whatever. What do you think they slip into? They got, I think, is it two first rounders? The two, yeah, yeah, because that St. Louis one, they're gonna make the. Um, the finals. I, wait. Oh, it's just either St. Louis or Buffalo. Oh, or San Jose. Sorry. Oh, okay. Right. So that, that was Buffalo. the trade that went uh, in the Montour one. Was it Montour? Who went over to Buffalo? Goo or yeah, Montour. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Swap. Yeah. So they have two first round picks this year. Uh, whatever is lower of San Jose or St. Louis. That's good. Uh, ideally, you would like to see them have a little more picks, like. They only have, they have only, only two firsts, a second, no third, a fourth, a fifth, and two sixths. And then next year they have everything but their seventh. Like that, for a team that is rebuilding, that's not very inspiring in terms of acquiring draft talent. No. And the other thing, like this team has one of the more impressive draft records over the past like 10 years or whatever. So ideally you give their scouts as many throws at the dartboard as possible, but. I guess two firsts is really, really nice, but... Patrick Eves on their team, technically, still. Yeah, I felt bad for them there. I thought Eves was a sneaky, smart pickup at the time, and then he ended up getting hurt. But yeah. that's the risk you run with 34-year-olds. Ryan Miller still on their team. He, he's got a six-team trade list. What is with these low trade lists? They were trying to trade Miller at the deadline, but he didn't... There was, there was well, it was to San Jose, but I can't remember if it just didn't work out or if he didn't want to go. Yeah. I think he said he didn't want to go, which it doesn't even seem like... Like, Anaheim and San Jose aren't far away from each other. But no. maybe he just didn't want maybe to move his family up. I don't know. Yeah, they have a couple decent forward prospects with Isaac Lunderstrom and... Troy Terry's up right now. Yeah, Sam Steele, come toes. Yeah. So, do you yeah. just kind of stay the course and see if you can sell off some pieces? Yeah, I'd try to sell off pretty much anyone over 28. You could probably start a bidding war for Josh Manson. I don't know if I would actually trade him, but I would think you would be able to kill it. He's a guy with, like, ridiculously good underlying numbers, and he's, like, a big, tough meanie, too. Like, he seems like the type of dude you get someone to fall in love with. Yeah, it seems like the type of dude you want to keep, though, too. That's fair. He's 27 already, though. Like, I'm looking for the future pretty yeah. heavily if I'm Anaheim. That's very true. I, it depends what you get, I guess. Uh, I Yeah, I don't have much more to say on this team. They're just kind of Man. a boring team to they're, look at. They're so, also you know. put in a terrible position to tank because the easiest way to tank is just have garbage goaltending when they have <laughs> the best goalie in the league. And you can't trade him. Like, no. Just sign him to an extension. You could probably get a ridiculous amount for John Gibson. but You I'm, should be able to. I mean, any team should want John Gibson at 25 years old and only $6 million. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Because that's the thing. It's like some team's going to go give Bobrovsky 10-plus this year when you have John Gibson, who's better now, five years younger at 6.5. Yeah. Again, I don't know if Anaheim gives that up because maybe their thought of thinking is, okay, he could still be 28 when we're good or whatever, and maybe we'll just take a risk with that, that he'll still be good then. Yeah, I'd be really shocked if this team even considered moving either of Gibson or Lindholm. Yeah, I doubt it, but you never know. Yeah, keep Raquel, Gibson, Lindholm. After that, I could be convinced for pretty much everyone else on this roster. I'd probably keep Gauche as well. Oh, yes, I keep forgetting about him. I, him feel, like for you're, sure. I feel like you're not going to get uh, 
much value for a guy who's making 2.6 and probably underrated by most, or more value than you would get for having a guy who's 23 years old yeah. making $2.6 million and underrated by most people. Yeah, he's got the classic ridiculous rate stats, and then I'm sure he's going to get ice time next year and absolutely crush it. Yep. Um, the New York Rangers, they're an interesting team. I, I feel like stay the course is kind of, just kind of keep selling pieces off. I mean, last year they came out, said we're rebuilding. Sold McDonough. They didn't do a ton other than that. But then this year they sold uh, Zuccarello and Hayes and got some good picks and some interesting pieces back for that. Uh, you still have a guy like Chris Kreider. I would probably look to move next year at the deadline. Uh, maybe see if anyone wants to take a Ryan Strom for something. But like I, I doubt you'll get much for Ryan Strom. I think you, you should be able to get a really good package for Chris Kreider, though. Oh, I would think so. Again, he's a classic, like, he actually has really good underlying numbers and whatnot, and he's a big, tough guy. Like, he's the definition of functional toughness, I would think. Yeah, and I mean... power forward, but... There was a lot of talk about him this year, but it didn't seem like anything wanted to go. I bet you they keep Shattenkirk. He's got an eight-team, or a ten-team no-trade list. I just, I don't know how many teams still want to pick him up. And Shattenkirk's PDO is like eighth last in the league since he joined New York, so I'm not entirely sure he's... It's a good time to sell him either. Like I would, he's one of those guys where it's like you need guys to stay through the rebuild. He's only got three more years left. Probably just keep him, right? Yeah, like he's still fine. Uh, I don't think anyone's going to take Mark Stahl at 5.7 for three years no, or two years. And he's got a full no-move clause. Other than that, like there's not much to sell. Brendan Smith, maybe. He's got a no-move clause, though. 15-team or 10-team no-trade list. They're another team. Why? Like... I never know why you go down the list and just see so many no-move clauses and no-trade clauses. Well, I think they thought they were decent when they gave the Smith contract out, no? Maybe. I think that was before, like just before they decided they were going to just suck. That could be. Or did they give it last year? Was it last year or two years ago? It was a summer two years ago, I'm pretty uh, sure. When they signed Shattenkirk, too? Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe Shattenkirk was three years ago. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I would probably still just take the course on this one. I think you keep uh, Savannah Jed. Yeah, oh, I really like Savannah Jed. I think he's like a legitimate number one center, and I'm not entirely sure most people do. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Yeah, like I haven't in- agreed with everything this team's done, but they seem to be relatively smart about it. They know they're bad. They are bad. And they have a whole bunch of picks, so yeah, just keep doing that. Uh, Vitaly Kratsov's amazing. Yeah, I said they have some really interesting pieces if Pavel Buchnevic can ever put it together. Elias Anderson, Philip Chaitel, uh, even Brett Howden. Like, they have a decent young team. Yeah. And I don't know, I could see you, you get a couple decent uh, one to seven picks or whatever uh, in, yep. in those range for another year or two. And I could see this team being pretty good in a little bit. And sadly, probably won't be competitive again for Lundqvist. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to see him get a chance at a cup, but I doubt he'll move. I don't think he wants to even move. I don't think he does at all. And that's understandable. I mean, he totally earned that right to not want to move. And, uh, yeah, I don't I don't have much more to say than that. Same with Anaheim. Um, not that Lundquist has been a god or anything, but he just provides you perfectly competent goaltending, which again, yeah, which I mean, does at make age 38 or what, 36? 37. No, right in the middle. I mean, that's impressive. And Oh, yeah, it's impressive. But, yeah, it's hard to tank 
with that. Like, yeah, like most tanking teams have well below league average goaltending. You pretty much just have to pull him and play your backup as much as you yeah. can. But you don't want to do that either because he's still a competent NHL goalie. So and just don't want to piss him off. He's done so much for this team. Yeah. So the team that uh, they were in the playoff picture for a while and then really dropped out when some injuries started to hit him, the Vancouver Canucks. Now we're starting to get into the, the, the place where it's not sell-off pieces as much anymore. As much as I think it is, we're getting to the point where you can just start to look to either stay the course or try and add something small around the edges to get going. Yeah. Um, this is a team that uh, I think they're probably going to re-sign Alex Edler. As long as you don't go super long-term, I don't hate that. He's, like, if, if, if you, you get keep, him on like a one-year deal, trade him. Like, I'm fine with just keeping some experience on the blue line. Yeah, I actually kind of like a couple of the defensemen between... Ben Hutton, Troy Stetcher, Derek Puglia, Quinn Hughes. Like, I actually like what they have there more than it's not other a people do. bad blue line going forward by any means. And, I mean, they still have uh, Ole Ulevi in the in the minors. I mean, he's getting older, but, you know, if he becomes an – I could still see him being an NHL or of some kind. Yeah, it sucks he lost so much of this year to injury. Yeah, for sure. Um, they yeah. still get some pieces like uh, Godovich in the minors. Not bad. Uh, Brett, no, no, Gons is 24. Um, he used to get so good in Shell. <laughs> I feel like there's another piece that I'm missing. They traded away, uh, Dallin this year, which seemed odd. That seems so unnecessary. He didn't have a good year in the AHL with them, so they just ditched him. Yeah. Weird. Uh, Michael DiPietro is, uh, in the, or, uh, in the OHL still as well. Between him and then obviously you have them, uh, Thatcher Demko in the, the big leagues right now. That's yeah. a great... Like, goaltending so hard to predict, but my word, that's a nice two to have going forward. Yeah, you should be confident one of those two is a starter for you. Yeah, and uh, Jacob Markstrom's been... Like, if, if Jacob Markstrom can tandem with Thatcher Demko for another couple of years and even back him up for another year if you have to, that's an okay duo right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, on, on forwards, this is where... You know, again, another higher draft pick will be nice to get guys in. Um, Pedersen speaks for himself. Starting with Pedersen and Horvat down the middle is really, really nice. Brock Besser on the wings is a nice addition. Yeah. Uh, Josh Levo has been pretty good since he's got there. Up. I mean, he's just he's not uh, he's not going to drive play or anything like that, but he's going to be a nice depth piece. Yeah. And, Jake Vertanen's the butt of a lot of jokes because of where he was drafted, but he's actually a pretty decent NHL player on his own if you ignore the fact that he went right before William Nylander. Yeah, like as a middle six, I mean, when you look at his draft position, or ignore his draft position, he's a fine player. Yeah, roussel has um, been actually low-key pretty good. That Jay Beagle contract still. Yeah. And for the love of, just make Pete, not Peter Shirelli, what's his name? Jim Benning put his phone down on July 1st. <laughs> yeah, like the, the Louis Erickson, um, the Ryan Spooner one I didn't hate, but like I didn't, it yeah. just seemed not like I probably would have rather Gagne. I would, yeah, like not know. by much. Both but of like, those players are just so like they're not. Either Louis Erickson, Jay Beagle. Yeah, like if this team didn't have the Erickson and Beagle contracts, we're probably looking at them and being like, if I could take over one team and like bring them up or whatever, this might be a go-to pick. Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, even with those contracts, like it's not. It's not terrible. No, like, you don't like, the Louis Erickson is bad, but when you only have one or two, like, you can work around one bad contract, or even, you know, the Beagle one at three million is not ideal, but you could LTIR that, or 
like bury that or even maybe move it if you needed to. Like, yeah. I'm sure. Maybe I'm not so sure. He's got five team no trade clause. He does have a cup ring. He seems like again the type of player that somebody might fall in love with him. Yeah, or like if you retain half. Yeah. Like one point. I feel like some team would definitely take him for one point five. The funniest is Nick Dowd turned around and played a lot better in Jay Beagle's role than Jay Beagle did in Washington. <laughs> um, who who they trade for? Uh, getting good on uh, out from Good Branson, Tanner Pearson. That's who. I really like that move too. Getting out from under the Good Branson contract was awesome. Without having to give up an asset and then getting back a legitimate NHL player. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's sweet. Uh, he's just, he's another useful NHLer. Yeah, this is like, as I said, th- this is kind of where you get to the point, I think, of kind of stay the course, get a couple more picks, get some of your young guys up, and, and you'll be looking good soon, I, I would assume. Yeah. Um, Hope Jim Benning keeps crushing at the draft, basically. Exactly. I think if you can add another another big piece uh, next year, you know, I think this team should take a relative step forward in terms of having Demko in that all year and uh, having hopefully a full year of Pedersen and a year older Pedersen. Yeah, and 20-year-old uh, Quinn Hughes. I don't know if they'll be... I think they'll be closer to play. Like, I think they might push for a wild card. I don't know if they'll make it, but like four, three or four points out of wild card with... Quinn Hughes and uh, Patterson all year, maybe. Yeah, they should be like Arizona this year, I would think, where they're just like competent and might get in. Yeah, if they don't, it's not going to be the biggest surprise in the world. No. But uh, again, I think that uh, as all teams pretty much do, that falls on goaltending too. Uh, yeah. Like Thatcher Demko needs to be really good. Yeah, it would scare me that um, Markstrom regresses back to his career normal and this team takes a step back next year. That yeah. would be the one. Re- that's the him like Markstrom taking a step back is the only at thing that I point, can imagine. Yeah, getting worse. at that point you just hope that you can give Demko more of the games. Yeah, I think uh, the Buffalo Sabers. Uh, so obviously, I think a disappointing year for Sabers fans. Oh god! But yeah. When you look, and that's just because of that big winning streak that was highly unsustainable, and everyone knew it. Uh, but when you look at the actual where they are right now, this is exactly where we expected them to be. No, pretty much. Like they're ranked. Like maybe they're a little lower than I would have expected, but they're they're like eighth last in the league, so they're like twenty third. I think that makes them. Yeah, like I didn't expect them to be good. No, like people said they're gonna push for a playoff spot. I was like, no, I was looking digging through some of my old articles, and I had an article about why they probably might be bad this year and why that's an okay thing. And I remember getting absolutely torn up about it too. But this is a team that I I don't know. Like it'd be really nice if they could convince some stupid team. Like, if they could, say, scrap together a couple depth players and then trade them for a superstar center. That would help. <laughs> oh, yeah, not like, imagine how much better it would look with Ryan O'Reilly on this team. Like, I literally have Vlad Sabodka as the worst player in the NHL this year. <laughs> and they, he is, him in a first-round pick is now the centerpiece of a Ryan O'Reilly trade. A first-round pick that you might not even have because of the trade you made to get Montour. Yeah. And even Dallin's been freaking amazing, but their defense oh, course still garbage around him. People say, want to ask if guys like Carter Hart should be getting more uh, Calder love. If there's one person, it should be Pedersen, first of all. I think yeah. Pedersen hands down. If it's not Pedersen, I think it should be Dallin. Oh, he's been sure. a, like I think he's been, last time I checked, he was around a 1D level, like a, like a first pair defenseman level. On the Buffalo Sabres. Ivan is a legitimate number one defenseman in his own right. Which is insane at 18. 18 years old. Yeah. How many years until this guy's hands down the best defenseman of the year, uh, world? I'll give him two. Yeah. 20 years old, I think. 
20 and 21. Basically, the second Carlson takes the actual step back that everyone says he's already taken, it's pretty much... Yeah. Like, um, if everything breaks right, it should be his. And so, you know, as a decor, you have uh, Dallin, obviously an amazing piece to build around, and then Montour and Ristolainen. Not the worst three, but I would like to see them get another either really good second pair guy or uh, two, number 2D yeah. uh, to really help solidify that. Because, I mean, Scandella, I think, is okay, too. Like, he's but fine. I don't want... Like, that's not a great top four. No, Outside of Dallin, obviously. Like, Ristolainen should probably be your fourth best guy. Yeah. Fourth guy who can play power play or whatever. Yeah, Second power player. Other, like... Yeah, like, up front. Bring up Lawrence Pilot, too. For yeah. the decor. Yeah. That would be nice if he could turn into a true second pair Good defenseman. Yeah. That would really help this team, I think. Yeah, because um, they have their number one defenseman. They basically just need two and three. What do you put Montour as? Do you think he's a four? I have four. Which I think is... I mean, with when control. you have Deline, if you can, if you have one, a two, and two fours, that's not the worst thing in the world either. No. Like, But uh, top four defenseman sounds a lot better than what number four defenseman actually means, which is below league average. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Up front is where, if they lose Skinner this offseason, I mean... I can't believe they didn't trade Skinner. I guess they can't, but... Like, yeah, he's got no... He's got a full no move, also. But he waited to come there. Like, I can't imagine. Well, why would he want to leave? He's having a career year with Jack Eichel, and he's going to get paid. That's fair. He'd like, play the playoffs, though, maybe. I don't know. I never really know how to gauge whether players would wave or not. Sam Reinhardt's been amazing. Reinhardt, Eichel... And the Skinner thing is such a big issue, too, because you you need him there for the near future if you want this team to be good, but you can't give him a stupid contract. No, like, what was he saying? He wants, like, $9.5 That was the report earlier this year. Like, that would look terrible. That would look so bad. And I'm really high on Jeff Skinner. Oh, I thought, I'm I'm happy to see him get a scoring. I'm happy he is going to get paid, because he deserves it. Yep. Uh, it looked like his career was going to be ruined early with uh, concussions and stuff like that. Yep. And then in Carolina, he had great underlying numbers, but there just was no scoring talent, or talent there to help him score, I should say. And then Shocker, you put him with an elite guy, like, uh, or a very, very good guy, with like Jack Eichel, and suddenly he's scoring, I think he's got 30 this year already? I think he's 40. Jeez. He was at forty or second in the league in scoring last I looked at it. So, I'm glad he will get paid. But Buffalo, thirty-seven, he's at. Okay, and so he will hit forty probably. Yeah, three goals so. in the last ten games. Um, but like Buffalo has to has to stay away from that. I mean, Casey Middlestead taking an actual step forward would be huge because he's not good. No. Like he's been atrocious this year. Look at so Chase is on daily faceoff right now. For uh, those who don't know, Daily Faceoff has their starting lineups, and it pretty much says um, what every player is uh, with Corsica's model and then what their uh, lines are ranked as. So for the Buffalo Sabres, their first line of Skinner, Eichel, Reinhardt is the 11th best forward line in the league. They're pretty much all, they, they are all pretty much first uh, liners in their position. They're playing where they should be. Yep. Their second line, then you take a step back, Shiri, Rodriguez, uh, Alex Nylander is the 28th ranked second line in the league. So they got Nylander as the 59th best right wing, so like uh, pretty much where he should be. Rodriguez a little behind where he should be, same with Shiri. Then you get to the third line, Tage Thompson, uh, Casey Middlestead, and Vladimir Sobotka. None of which are NHL players. 31st ranked line in the league. 
none of them are even close to the cutoff. I think, so what, 31 by 4, that's 124, right? Yeah. The closest to that in their position is Saboka 130, and then... Oh, 180. Oh, he's 180? Yeah. Looks or, like... sorry, Tage Thompson at yeah. 130. And then Saboka's 181, and Middlestad's 156. And then the fourth line's the 28th-ranked fourth line with Akpozo, Larson, and Gurgensen. Again, none of those even close to NHL players. Yeah. The uh, nice part about rebuilding Buffalo, again, is they actually have the top-end talent. You just need to fill in the depth around them, which is the easiest part of rebuilding by far. For sure. Um, uh, yeah, getting a... They need to hit on another pick or two, I think, this draft, sure. and that could really make them very good. Preferably or, on a defenseman, but... For sure. But, I mean, even like if you hit on another forward to really secure your uh, second line, like have a second center that you think Casey Middlestead was going to be. Like if they could draft... 25-year-old Ryan O'Reilly. <laughs> yeah. Pretty... That trade just makes no <laughs> sense. And, and you'll still have people defend it, absolutely. I'm oh, happy... Sure. I, I am happy this team didn't make playoffs, so people would be like, see, Ryan O'Reilly... And I'm happy St. Louis is actually doing good. Yeah. So Ryan O'Reilly is the problem. It's not a thing anymore. All right, here's a fun one. Edmonton Oilers. <sighs> what do you do if you, Edmonton calls you tomorrow and's like, here's the keys. Like, you can do whatever you want. What's the first thing you do? Probably fire like everyone in the organization. That's <laughs> like if I if if I have more power than to or tell everyone to shut the up and not let me or not because that's the biggest problem. I mean, we talked about it when Shirelli got fired. I don't think he's a good GM, but at the same time, I don't think it was just him that was the issue. Um, there's a lot of groupthink that goes on there, and a lot of telling you what to do. First thing I probably do: trade Puljujarvi for a number four defenseman. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. Uh, what do I do? I don't know. I've wondered that. This team just has, like, it's so barren outside of McDavid, Dreisaitl. I probably Nuge. see if some team wants to take Chris Russell would be the first thing I do. That would be a good call. And then after that, like, there's just not much there for this team. Yeah, like maybe I call up Ottawa and see what it takes to take Milan Lucic and see if Lucic would go to Ottawa. I mean, again, he's got a no-move clause. Same with Chris Russell. He's got a... F- no, Russell's got a 10-team no-move clause. But like, those are the two ones that you obviously need to move. See if you can. See if they would waive. I don't know if they... I have no idea if they would. But if you if they even say, okay, yes, I would think about... Like, Lucic, he's obviously not having a good time in Edmonton. Maybe he wants a fresh start. I would honestly have to call up Ottawa and see what it takes to get him. Would you? I, I don't know if i do it necessarily. Because, like, this team... Let's say just... Ottawa goes, we'll take Lucic for Pugliarvi. And we'll give you, uh, I don't know, like a, a B-level prospect or something like that. Just, yeah, someone random. We'll, we'll give you Philip, Philip Schlappick or yeah. something like that. A guy who looks like he might be something, but maybe not. What do you do? do you I say, don't think I would do it. No? I don't understand how this team has no caps. I don't understand anything about this team, but... I don't know if I would do, like, I would almost just stay the course with this team. How can you, though? Okay, stay the course, start managing Pugliarvi correctly. If you can hit on Yamamoto and Bouchard, that drastically changes things. But if any scenario but both of those guys turning out to be solid NHL players, 
happens, and I don't know. Like my <laughs> biggest issue with this team is so say you stay the course. Uh, like you need assets, but where do you get the assets from with this team? Yeah, like because yeah. you're not trading McDavid or Drysital. No, but or like, Nude. that's my biggest. Yeah, you don't want to trade McDavid. You don't want to trade Drysital. Obviously, you don't want to trade Nude. You don't want to trade Clefbaum. But those are the only guys who are going to provide value. And the bigger problem is if you stay the course for two or three years, and so in three years. You know what the ages of some of those guys are? Nuge, 28. Clefbaum, 28. McDavid, 25. You wasted McDavid prime. Well, And he'll still be the best player in the world. I think. But, st- like, I don't, I, just, I don't know how you accelerate it, but staying the course just feels like... But there's such, so little here that, like... So if you define a player's prime from age 22 to 25, McDavid's prime's almost gone already. Yeah. Or, like... He's, already, he's, enter, he's literally entering the prime, and the team looks like it's going to be a wasteland yeah. for three more years. Yeah, I'm saying their prime is gone already by operating under the assumption there's at least two years of... I just want him to request a trade. Like, how do you not sell Alex Jason at the deadline this year? You could have probably got a third for him. Yep. Oh, I hate talking about it. I literally hate talking about yeah, this team. The, I, yeah, I have no idea what I would do, because like I said... The only players you could reasonably expect to get assets for are the ones who are way too good that you can't move because your team would suck then. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't know where it comes from. Invest obnoxious amounts of money into scouting because they really need to hit on draft picks. Yeah. Like, they're at the point that teams who win a cup need to start using their draft picks to get guys, and they haven't even gotten close to winning a cup. No. Yeah, like, there's just nothing. I don't even know what I would do for this team. All right. Chicago Blackhawks. Um, So they technically still have a chance. They're at 10%. This will be probably the highest team. It's because the the West is so bad. So brutal. So to give you a uh, comparison, the Hawks have a 10% chance of making it because they are just uh, five points out of a playoff spot with 73 but the Flyers have a 2% chance of making it, even though they have 78 points, which puts them 8 points back in the playoff spot. What a ridiculous game. Maybe 6. So the West is really bad. <laughs> I just I put Chicago on here because even a 10% chance is a very bad percent chance to make it. Um, what do you do with the Blackhawks? I mean, they're kind of... They're a team that I... They're another team where it's like you can't really tear it down unless... You can legitimately get Kane and Taves to waive their no yeah. move clause. The first thing I do is ask all of Seabrook, Keith, Kane, Taves, and Crawford if they're willing to waive, and you pray that one at least a couple of them say yes. Preferably Kane, because I would think he's the one you get the he most for. He gets so right? much, and I, man, like I know, like he's getting heart talk this year. Yep. Oh my god! I think that's what, on stats. I think this is like this is. The problem where people say, oh, you know, stats don't show the full picture, but they look at their full picture as points. points. Yeah, Patrick Kane, like how highly people think of him, is such a great example of points is literally all anyone cares he about. He has been so horrid defensively. Don't get me wrong. I would, again, I would still love Patrick Kane on my team. In yeah, terms he's still an above average player and everything. But, but my word, like, hard talk, come on. Like... Maybe it's gotten better since my. I mean, I think about a month ago, I think it was Sean Tierney posted. Uh, Kane almost lets up as many goals as he scores for the Blackhawks like, oh, when they're on the ice. Expected goals against is horrific. 
Yeah, like the evolving wild twins who have a goals above replacement model have him as just slightly above average at even strength because yes, he's exceptional offensively, but he's literally one of the worst defensive players. Probably in the, in league. the league. Yeah. Yeah, like okay, sorry, we're getting off topic again, but yeah, if if you could get Kane and I think you could still like Taves is a good player still and I still think he probably like he's not a ten point five million dollar player. I wouldn't say, but no. he definitely has value around the league too. Like if though if you could get those two guys to wave, which I, again I don't, maybe they want to win a cup. But when you have three already and you have your whole family rooted in Chicago, I could see them not wanting to wave as well. I would be shocked if they did. But also there that was would talk be that maybe thing. Keith would. I, think I could that, see that. I think at this deadline there was talk. I mean, I would try and move Keith as soon as I possibly could if he was willing to wave, and then. Outside of that, like... You'd probably still get something for Keith. People I think you could too, yeah. But, like, it just depends if he waves again. After that, like, trade Artemi... No, Artemi Anisimov has a 19... Or 10-team 10, 10 list, so maybe see if some team would take Anisimov. Um, maybe. He's bad, though. I don't know if any team would want Anisimov. They have all their picks, basically, which is nice. Yeah, like... They also crushed the Strom trade. They're kind of in that. Yes, they did. And um, I mean, it hasn't worked out for Arizona because the guy they got has been injured. Yeah. But uh, yeah, again, I think at the time we said that could be a win-win. Um, but also, it made it made sense for both teams because Arizona needed a guy now, and the Blackhawks need to swing for the fences. So. And it looks like they hit on that swing, so that's good for them. Yeah, this isn't like you really can't do hardly anything with this team. It's like Edmonton, except they have the cups, and that's why this is all okay. Yeah, like <laughs> it's you can't. Yeah, like this is just kind of a tier of teams where it's just like my word, like you can't do anything. Yeah, they're bad, and there's really no like immediate obvious solution here. No, you could turn the keys over on defense next year to Yokoharju, Boquest, Gustafson, for sure, and that could look good. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Okay, we got four more teams. We're almost getting to an hour. Let's right. go a couple minutes on both all these. So, again, a team that has a 20% chance of making the playoffs because the West sucks, the Colorado Avalanche. <laughs> um, I figured we'd do them. We can kind of touch quick on them because, again, the teams that are right here, uh, except with the exception of Minnesota, I think, there's uh, two or three teams that are right here where they really don't need to do anything drastic, I don't think, in terms of just going forward. Yeah. Um, and Colorado is one of those teams. They need to find some scoring uh, depth. Uh, that's the big thing, obviously. Yeah. And you know what? Having a top three pick probably this year, or top four at the very worst, and your own pick, which is probably going to be eh, 10th or between 10 and 12 or whatever, yeah. that's going to help, I think, a lot. Uh, they need to definitely nail those two picks. I mean, if they get Jack Hughes, there goes a lot of their problems right there. Or Kako. Yeah, either one. I mean, having just having someone on a second line that's going to be able to control, or you would hope can control and score, so you have that dominant, dominant first line, but then something behind it finally. Yeah. Uh, but I think with them, they need to hit on more than just the top pick. They need to get a couple guys. And maybe you look at like a sneaky free, like an Anthony Duclair type guy where yeah. you, for your third line or whatever. They need a couple of those guys. Yeah, especially on defense. I'm not sold on their defense core. No, I'm not either. I mean, Zadorov isn't great by any means. Uh, I like Gerard. Gerard's not bad, but it, I don't... Like, I think he probably got overhyped around the trade time. 
he still has lots of potential, I would say. But yeah, his underlying numbers have been worse than I think a lot of people give him credit for. Yeah, but, but he's it, still young enough. For sure, like I would clearly see, knows what he's. I doing. could see him being a top four, but I mean, if that's the guy you're putting your faith in to lead your defense core going forward, that's a little scary. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they got Eric Johnson for four more years at six million dollars. That's tough. He's actually been pretty good, but still, I can't imagine that contract's going to look good two years from now. Tyson Berry for one more year, and then you have to decide what to do with him when he's 28 years old. They could probably crush a Berry trade, but that leaves their defense core pretty bare. B. All right, sorry about that. We're we're going to end the (laughs) podcast, I think, guys. Um, (laughs) And that they have Barlamov and Grubauer. Uh, They struggled this year, but, you know, I don't... Barlamov was really good last year. That was one of the biggest difference. That was the biggest difference, pretty much, for the Avalanche this year and last year. Was yep. uh, their goaltending was bad to start this year, and it's picked up since. And shocker, they've uh, been getting close to playoffs since. But um, last year, Varlamov was lights out, and even was it was it Bernier who was their backup last and, year? Yeah. yeah, he was really good for them last year when he had to be too, which is odd. But yeah, like depth is the biggest thing. Uh, High-end talent and depth, uh, <laughs> I guess that's everything. That I mean, high-end talent, uh, what I mean by that is high-end talent you're going to get through the top pick that you're going to have. God, and they just have, that's so nice that they have Ottawa's first round. Pick. They have their third, too, which is like a late second. Oh, that's pretty <laughs> nice, too. Um, yeah, like they just have, knowing that you're going to get a top four pick this year is huge. It yeah. makes life so much um, easier. About their defense core, though, they do have Cal McCarr. Oh yeah, and uh, Connor I, Connor Timmins as well. I like Timmins a lot. Too. So there's two really good looking players that yeah. uh, will I think solidify their defense core going forward. Yeah, I mean right. if obviously you don't know if those guys are necessarily going to hit, but like having a Gerard Timmins and uh, uh, Makar to build around is a, a decent three going forward. Yeah, that's not bad. Um, yeah, I, again, other than that, I said we'd touch on them quick. It's probably. Pretty much all I need to say on them. Yeah, thank God they have that Ottawa pick. Yeah, pretty much. That puts their team in... I mean, this is probably a top team to take over in terms oh, of... God, yeah. Especially the teams we're doing today, obviously. But Starting with McKinnon and Rantanen plus two first-round picks. Yeah, one, one of, of them, them being Ottawa. Yeah, one of them being a lottery pick. Uh, Cam McCarr, Sam Gerrard, yeah. Martin Kaut. Uh I'm going to skip over two teams real quick here, uh, and then we'll get back to them in a second. But Montreal, real quick. They're another team that I just don't know how much you can do. Um, you can't. You're not going to be able to sell Price. I don't think you're not going to be able to sell Weber. Yeah, Weber's actually been pretty good. If only his contract even, didn't go so freaking long. Price hasn't been horrible this year, but again, it's the amount and <laughs> length of the contract. Like if Weber just had two years left, yeah, that'd be such a nice player to have on your team. Still not worth giving up Subban for, but like. Still a great piece. Yeah, Montreal's a weird team because they're kind of in the in the middle, especially like with age, where it's like none of their guys are like super old, and their team's not bad enough to truly tank, but they're also not good enough to be contenders in the next two years or three no, years, right? So. Like they also don't have a like super high end talent. No, they're they're definitely by committee. Um, yeah, like Kat Kenyemi's been great at eighteen, so you can see him actually being a star. I would argue Gallagher's on the cusp of it right now, but he's 26, so it's not like... Yeah, and like even the breakout seasons of like Max Domi, he's 24. Yeah. I mean, he's not getting much better than that. Thomas Tatar's been great this year, but he's 28. Like, yeah, it's been awesome, but... It's, yeah, it's just one of those teams where it's like, 
I think they're going to be a bubble team for a couple of years. Yeah, but they're kind of in like that worst spot to be where they're yeah. just so meh. But I don't know how you fix that. I think you just kind of have to hope you hit on a couple more. They have a ton of picks. Yeah, like I hope you you just got to hope you hit on some of those picks and yeah. go from there, I think. Uh, okay, quickly, but it'll probably end up being a long Florida Panthers. They're a weird team. This is a team where I know how not to fix them. Signed Bobrovsky for seven years at 12 Throwing all the money at the world at uh, Sergei Bobrovsky. That's how you don't fix this team. Agreed. This team's so weird to me because I really like so many of their pieces. Oh, I know. Well, they need to figure out some of the depth, I think. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, like playing guys like Troy Brower, I just don't think is ideal use of your team. No, he's one of the worst players in the NHL. Um, you know, like I don't hate their defense core. Pissick struggled a lot this year. Yeah, uh, that's a lot. Of, like he's the classic uh, um, analytics darling from like the past two years, and uh, he really has struggled this year. Yeah, he's one of those guys whose numbers really fell off, but he still has that reputation. So yeah, maybe you'd be fine trading him for something great. But yeah, like Ekblad, uh, Yandel. Would you trade Ekblad if you were this team? I think that's something I would explore. Yeah, maybe. It depends what the return is for him. I would think you could start the mother of all bidding wars if you told people you're willing to trade Aaron Ekblad. Like, I think he's one of those people, like, he would be on Team Canada without question with NHL players going in a couple years sort of thing. Like, people love this guy, and he's not that good. He's good, but... I guess. I don't he ne- Maybe it's just because he plays in Florida. You never hear his name. Really? I Every time they talk about, like, the Olympics and stuff, I think he's thought of as, like, the premier young defenseman. Oh, really? I didn't... I wouldn't even... I mean, I didn't even think of him until now. Goaltending's the biggest issue with this team. But oh, for sure. don't sign Bobrovsky. Figure no. out some other way to do it. No, sign Jimmy. Jimmy Howard for sakes. Like, Give him $6 million for next year. If <laughs> yeah. That's what it takes to get him, yeah. Like... Yeah, like, uh, that's all I can really say. I mean, they have that Samuel Montembeau, whatever his name is. He's been good since he started, but I don't, I don't know if he's supposed to be great. Like, I don't know. He struggled in the AHL, but the thing about the AHL is, like, you saw with Carter Hart, there's not a lot of correlation there. No, over the a like, large sample, there's no correlation between AHL and NHL save percentage. Yeah. So, I mean, like a 901 in the AHL as a 20-year-old isn't the worst thing I've ever seen. But, um, yeah, I don't know. So, goaltending is what I would say to fix this team. I just want to leave them uh, past Montreal because I wanted to, exp- like, Actually talk you about can't go and dump money in free agency unless, like, maybe Artemi Panarin. I would sign Panarin if I was these guys. That'd be sweet. But you can't touch Bobrovsky. No. And that seems like the one they want to get more. Yeah, which is really weird to me. Because if these guys could get Panarin, they could basically run three good lines. And then if their goaltending turns around, all of a sudden you have a really good-looking team. Yeah, for sure. I like. I was surprised how bad this team was. I expected Luongo. I think it'd be a bit better, and Reimer too. And they both struggled with some injuries, but uh, um, yeah, I I thought this team would kind of be in the Montreal place where they'd be in the wild card race, trying for that eighth spot. Well, we had them at eight at the start of the yeah. year, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I don't know. They hired a whole bunch of nerds for their scouting staff, and they seem to have a couple extra picks, so that's good. Yeah. So maybe they can crush those picks too. Um. All right. Next team, Minnesota. To end it off real quick, I don't really know what you like. What, what, do, you, you, what do you do with this team? They've got to be in one of the worst long-term positions of any team. I would think so. I mean, the Sutter contract is obviously bad. 
the Parise contracts the exact same thing. Yeah, I mean, like, like just for how long they go. I mean, like you just have so much money. Your teams again, one of those things where it's like they're a fine team now, but they're not. They're not a contender. They're not bad enough to fully rebuild, and they're not. They don't look like they're going to be elite in two years or whatever. Yeah, the Victor Rask trade is <laughs> so bad. And, like, everyone knew it was going to be bad from the second they did it, but it has just looked so much worse than I ever thought it was going to, and it's made me so happy. Yeah, like, Rask is one of those guys who people kind of like for some reason, and Nino's one of those guys who no one well, likes he, for some reason. Yeah, like, Rask going into the year, I feel like, had decent underlying numbers as, a like, a bottom six center. Adam was a 3C. Yeah, and then he fell off this year, and Nino Ryder was good this year, he just didn't get playing time. Yeah. And they're like, okay... Let's trade, and people are like, "What are you doing? Like, you're getting a guy, you're taking on a guy who has had playing time, and has been bad in it, versus giving up a guy who's been good in the little stuff he's had. Yeah, like that's a disaster trade to make. That was terrible. But, uh, yeah, like it's just such a weird team. I mean, like on the back end, you got Brodeen, Sutter, uh, Spurgeon's Dumb- amazing, Dumba. Yeah, um, Dumba's hurt though, right? Yes, he is for this year. But I mean, going forward, like, I can't, it's just I. I don't want to sound like a broken record. I just don't know what to do. If you could take over any team, how close to the bottom are these guys on your list? Uh, I would not want to take Detroit, Chicago. Edmonton's a tough one because on one hand, I would love Connor McDavid. On the other, that is a hellhole. Yeah. I'd take Edmonton over these guys. Like, they're just so mediocre. And they have... $14 $14 million locked up for, like, what is it, seven or eight more years? Yeah, they might be, they'd probably team. be bottom three. I think they'd be the third least team. Yeah, and it's just... Maybe... It's very Minnesota Wild of them to be just death by mediocrity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's what they what they have been. Um, yeah, I don't have anything more to I never have anything to say about Minnesota. I, I don't either. I, I wish I did. I always kind of like Minnesota, but... I've never liked Minnesota, and I don't know why. Especially because you think they like they've been analytical darlings for a couple years. Yeah, they're always ex- the kings of expected goals and like shot quality, whatnot. I've just never liked the team. They're the most forgettable team in the league to me. Their whole team, like all their good players, basically were all left-handed. So I used to really like using them in NHL. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. There's just not much here. No, there's really not. Um, all right, I think that's a wrap. Yep. We'll be back either next week, maybe in two weeks, if there's not much to talk about next week. Uh, We'll see. And we'll be doing a... I want to get a playoff preview out in between the time that regular season ends and playoffs start, but I think that's not for, what is it, two or three weeks now? Yeah, we still got some time. Yeah, so... uh, Did you see they're doing the lottery before the playoffs? Yeah, they are. I didn't think of that. I think it's cool that you're making it its own event. Yeah, if they t- as long as they televise it like they did in the intermission, mm-hmm. because that's the thing they did it in the intermission of a game during playoffs. Usually, I don't like that. Well, but because you, you delayed the intermission more, I, I didn't say. hate it as much as some people though. Because like it wasn't like, almost attention. I, I'd still much rather them draw eyes to a playoff game like that and then make it an event than just saying, "Oh yeah, by the way, this team won the lottery yeah. or whatever." Right? Yeah, because they drew eyes to the game. Like we were at Dodes, right? Or your house. I'm pretty sure it was Dodes because the game was on in the background and people were like actually checking in and out. It's like that's something that usually doesn't happen on a Saturday night with a game, just a random playoff game because it wasn't like it was a Leafs game or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, but 
I don't know. Like, I think to the same thing, though, if you want to get more viewers on, make it a whole 30-minute event. I don't... I personally don't want that because I don't want all the commercial breaks and all the needless shit. Yeah. But uh, I... Like, we always say they should market more stuff. And that's what, exactly what they're doing, so I'm not going to complain about that. I agree. Yeah, some people were kind of angry. I was like, I don't know why you would get it worked up by that. No, I could see it go both ways, I think. But, yeah... Like, I just don't feel that passionately about it, but I was just wondering, because I saw some people with really strong feelings. Yeah, no, I don't really have a strong feeling either way, but... Fair enough. Uh, yeah, no, I'm just I'm, I, I'm just happy that uh, they are making it an event, I guess. Yeah, good for them. I guess you're probably a little disenfranchised with the lottery this year anyways. Yeah, I, I mean... Ugh. It's going to be... I, I really don't want to see Ottawa's car again. Do, so, if... Do they pull Ottawa's card or St. Louis or uh, Colorado's? I think they pull Ottawa's, but I'm not sure. God, all the memes. Like, I'm trying to think of other scenarios where this has happened. This has never happened in the NHL. Yeah, because it's... I, okay, you know what? I think maybe... The Leafs did it, but I don't remember they the draft did... lottery that year. Well, because... Yeah, no, I didn't remember that far back. And I think it was kind of different, wasn't it? Because they only pulled one. I believe so. Because it it's not like, it's not like system based now. Like it, it, they never used to do the whole thing where they count down from the fifteenth place team or whatever, and they'd be like, and drafting fifteenth is this team, and then when you didn't have the team that was supposed to be there, that's when the pick was. Right? Yeah, that's when you knew. So like, I don't. I could see them doing either or. I guess because odds are that Colorado, because you know you know where Colorado is going to be drafting beforehand, anyways. Yeah, that's the weird part to me. So they do it in the background, right? And then the lottery, like. Well, so like they, the lottery ball thing was never actually the lottery. Was that they? Yeah, like they have the lottery ball in a separate room, and then so they know who wins. So they have their stack of cards out there, oh, okay. and then they hold them up. So they're like, this guy picks fifteenth, and then so a couple of years ago when Philly was like twelfth, they were supposed to pick twelfth, and they go picking twelfth is, and it was the team the 11th that team. the eleventh team. So everyone's like, oh wow, so Philly, and then he's like, that means Philly is in the top three or whatever. Right? Yeah, that was the Nolan Patrick thing. Yeah, so. Uh, God, I hope Colorado wins. I don't. I really don't. <laughs> It'd be so funny. It would be funny. It would, it would teach... I do kind of hope in terms that it'll teach... Hopefully teach, man, teach management a lesson to not go for it when your team has bad underlying numbers. But at the same time, like I feel like even if they gave up the fourth overall pick, they'd probably learn about that by now. I would think so. Even any top ten pick or whatever. I'm... Also, just as worried that it does become a fourth overall pick, and then somehow the player they get is just ten times better than Brady Kachuk. <laughs> I'm not. I don't even know who's going fourth this year, and I'm not saying that. Like, I love Brady Kachuk and how he's played this year, but that would I think be equally as sad slash funny for other people if uh, they end up they like they lose the three lotteries and go, see, we made the right call, and then the fourth overall pick just becomes someone amazing. Like, amazing. I was like, wow. Well, there like, you go. everything that could possibly go wrong for Ottawa has, so you know it's going to be... <laughs> it's going to be one of those two things. Yeah, exactly. Like, really, yeah, it's going to be either a top two pick or the fourth overall pick becomes someone just amazing. Yeah, like, whoever they pick with that Ottawa pick has a 100% chance of being a star. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't right. matter who it is. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening. As always, you can find us on anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Uh, follow my... Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at NHL Sends and Stuff, Chase at CMHockey66. Uh, find my stuff at Last Word on Hockey. I don't know how much I'll have coming out in the near future until the, the playoffs start and Ottawa 
has something to talk about. There's only so many ways you can say this team is bad. Uh, yep. See you everyone next week. Thanks for listening.